Good evening and welcome to this week's episode of Fundamentals, an OKC UK podcast. I am your host, Tom Snowden, the founder of OKC UK. And this week, I'm delighted to say I'm rejoined by Mr. Brandon Dale. I have let him out the cage this week. He has served his notice for being in my inbox too much. How are you doing, Brandon? How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for letting me out. It's been a, it's a long week without you. Two weeks. If, if you tell anyone that I didn't feed you, then that'll be, that'll be you back in the cage. <laughs> but no, start, starting off, as always, we'll have a quick recap of the games in the past week since the last recording. So since then, we've had four games, which have been very hit and miss. So starting off, we had a game against the Phoenix Suns away from home in a blowout loss of 103 to 140 but it did start a pattern that we've seen over the past week of our rookies taking over. Uh, Poku scored 20 and Tio Maladon scoring an impressive 33. He's really come into a league of his own the past week or so, which we will talk about when we get onto the segment of Rookie Watch. Uh, and obviously that game was just great for me watching because I got to see more of Chris Paul. Obviously, I'm mm-hmm. sure, Brandon, you're the same as me. You just miss Chris Paul. He seems like he's gone back to being the pain in the ass, Chris Paul. Now, now that he doesn't quite have to be that leader, like the uh, whatever I think it was last night, he uh, went up to an opposing player while they were shooting free throws, uh, free throws to try and get a high five off the player taking them, and the, and the and the player taking it was just like, now nah, get away. It's like that's that's how Chris Paul used to be though when he was in Houston and whatnot. When he was in OKC, he was like mature. We didn't see anything like that. But no, he's a role model. Yeah, exactly. But I think Chris Paul knew exactly what he needed to do that night, which he done well. Help his old franchise get an L. <laughs> um, and then we had a shocking, uh, shocking game against Portland away, eighty-five one thirty-three, a loss. I might be wrong. I only saw a few tweets about it. I didn't really necessarily read it because it wasn't great viewing. But I'm pretty sure that could have been our heaviest defeat in Thunder history. I wouldn't 40, believe it. Which was 48 points. The starters just didn't do anything great. All of our, or a lot of our points came off the bench, which has happened a few times this year. Taking the bench to come in to wake the guys up, but it just didn't happen that game. Nothing really clicked. There was nothing really to report. And it was one of them, especially being a UK fan, when you're up till one, two o'clock in the morning watching it, I turned it off after the third quarter. It just wasn't a good watch and just watch the fourth in the morning, which mm-hmm. I don't know what I don't know why I done that either. But it wasn't great. And then we got to see CB Mihailuk against Hami Diallo in a game against the Detroit Pistons at home, which again was a loss, 132-108. I was slightly surprised how big the margin was, but seeing the direction of the team in the past week, uh, it's not necessarily going to be surprising. And with the injuries we have, uh, Poku, Mihailuk, Maladon, an outstanding game from all three of them. I thought Mihailuk's been really good the last week, along with our two rookies. We saw the debuts of Justin Robinson and Jalen Horde, which seemingly came out of nowhere. Like It was announced two hours before tip-off, but they came straight in. And I was really impressed with Tony Bradley as well. Uh, I don't know how much you've seen 
of Hammy Diallo since he's gone to Detroit, whether you've just seen box scores or anything like that. But it has seemed like the Mahailuk for Hammy Diallo trade has actually worked wonders for both parties. I think that we benefit more from having Mikhailuk, but at the same time, it looks like Diallo, for some reason, like I was looking at some of his numbers and it looked like he, what was it, like 20? I think he was averaging a lot of assists too. So I don't know. I need to watch more of him, but I don't know what they have him running over there in terms of how much he's handling the ball. But maybe it was just kind of good for both of them to get on a new team elsewhere because Mikhailuk came in and looked like, he looked like he's been here all season and he, he can shoot and he's got, he's got hops. He can get to the rim. Um, I'm trying to think of something bad that he does. I can't really, nothing comes to mind. He's just like a good, he seems like a really good thunder guy. You know what I mean? But he's, he's, he's come in as well with the impression that he was labeled a shooter and nothing more. He, he, he offers a lot more than that. His basketball brain is IQ and the way he reads the game defensively is really good. He's had a few games where he's had more than one steal as well. I think I think the Detroit game was the one where he might have got two or three steals, but he, he reads the game really well. He's He's got that Hall of Fame interceptor from 2K. That's what he's got. Yeah. <laughs> I, need, but, I need to know more about this um, Jalen Horde character. Well, well, we will get on to that because I have been impressed with both of them, to be fair, the two newbies. Um, mm-hmm. But I forgot what I was going to say now. No, I thought, I thought the trade worked out really well for both of us. And I'm really, really excited to see Shy and Sivy uh, partner up. Shy's assist numbers haven't been as high as what I expected them to be at the start of the season, being that primary ball maker, uh, playmaker, sorry. Uh, expected more assists, but then when you look at the team, we don't have out-and-out scorers. We have players who are capable of doing it and having that night where they go off, but we didn't have a civic um, high Luke who can come in and is an effective scorer. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm excited to see how that works. I've been really impressed with Sivi. Um, I would love to see him carry on going into next season as well. And then, as I said, I was really impressed with Tony Bradley that game as well. He's been very hit and miss with me so far since he's came in. I I don't see him staying beyond next season, but I think there is a chance that he might hang around. But again, that depends on who we draft. And then the last game for last week was a 102-113 loss at home to the Hornets, which was last, uh, I can't remember now. I'm pretty sure it was last night. Um yeah, it was, it was last night. I don't know why. I feel like I've slept just because I've been staying up later. But uh, no, it was a great, great game last night. Uh, I thought it was rather un- unlucky uh, to come away with the L with that. But Tio and Poku, again, had an outstanding game, both scoring 25 points. Earlier, uh, the game against the Suns was they're the youngest guys to score more than 20 on the same team. Something along those lines. And then Obviously, last night it became the two uh, youngest rookies to score 25 in the same game on the same team, which I think is obviously compliments to them. And I thought I thought last night was a bit of an off game for Kenny, uh, Kenny Hustle, considering how he has been this season. 
especially with his high shooting numbers. He scored six points last night, nine rebounds, nine assists. So he wasn't far off a triple-double, to be fair. But he did shoot two for 12, which I think roughly about 20%, 18%, which for Kenny, how he's been this season, was a bit, was a bit of a bummer. Especially, I think he's I think he's shooting roughly fifty. Uh, no, he's shooting like high seventies. I think from the field, forty percent from three. It's obviously probably taken a bit of an impact. That was, that was a shame, but you're always going to have those off nights, as we talk about quite often on this pod. Um, so while we've complimented, or while I've complimented Tio and Poku, talking about the games of the last week or so, we're, we're gonna we're gonna jump straight into rookie watch straight away. Because there's there's a lot to talk about. We'll start off talking about Tio. Tio's had a bit of criticism from yourself. He's had a bit of criticism from myself in terms of his turnovers, in terms of his shot efficiency. But the last couple, I'd say the last couple of weeks, to be fair, not to, not just the last week. His offense has been a lot clearer. His IQ has been a lot clearer. The way he drives. I would say or suggest that he's spending some time with Shy. The way yeah. he drive, the way he drives in the paint, he does it quite similar to Shy. He has that not not a floater yet, but I can see him developing a floater. The way that he gets into the paint, the way he does, and his three point shot is obviously it's been there all season. He has nights where it goes well, like he held the Thunder record before Poku uh, dropped seven threes last night. So that record didn't last very long. Um, but no, Tio is he's really coming into a league of his own. He's really taking grips of the opportunities he's got at the minute. What are your thoughts on Tio now that we're starting to see? Not necessarily a bit more of him, because we've, he hasn't really seen an uptake in his minutes, but we've seen a bit more attitude. We've seen a bit more usage from him. How how have you seen his game develop over the course of the season? What's weird is I was, I was thinking about this um, on the drive home today. It's like, what is different? I was like, why is Teo playing so much better now? Like, what's different as opposed to a couple weeks prior? And I think something to do with him being on the court with Shea and um, Dort and Baisley and some of the starters – make me wonder if he just feels more comfortable kind of doing his own kind of doing his own thing and not having to worry about deferring to um shy or shay who's obviously the franchise guy um it just makes me think that for some reason he's not comfortable with that group yet or maybe he doesn't see himself as a starter but he's finally you know producing at what you would consider like a starting level of production. Like he last night, what do we have? Um, 25, 36 minutes with 25 points shooting about 50% and not very good. He took a lot of three, three pointers last night. Wow. See, that's another thing is I haven't expected. I really haven't seen him shoot that many threes, but watching him go three of 10, I mean, and then we got five rebounds, five assists, Still high on turnovers, um, but he's still good on the defensive end. I don't think he's ever lacked um, confidence defensively, but I do think it's interesting. I would like to see him back with Shea 
um, when Shea gets healthy or whenever we see him, because I think there is some correlation there between, okay, SGA is not in, Teo gets more minutes, gets way more usage, um, gets more confidence. So I don't know what that is. Does that seem fair or odd to you? No, I think I do think it's particularly down to his usage, having these big guys or the big guys on our team, the likes of Shai, Dort, Baisley, Horford. You see him more of the balls probably being encouraged to take these shots more because he can make them. He's not shooting. And we're all thinking like we were with Poku at the start of the season. Well, well the, the neutral uh, Thunder fans who were like, this guy just can't shoot. Whereas mm-hmm. obviously some of us knew he could. It just it was just going to take time, as he's proved now in the last month. The last month, I think he's come on leaps and bounds. But I do think that with uh, Tio as well. His it, the best thing with Tio, I think, since he's come in, is his maturity. He's, but he also seems to be the type of guy who I think would be very quiet in the changing rooms as well. Seems as if he's mm-hmm. very to himself. Which not necessarily a bad thing. So they're the type of people who seem to be the quick learners because they're quiet and they take in everything. Which for the squad that we have this season, that could be a lot harder for say a rookie, particularly now that George Hill's gone. Al Horford's Al Horford's not playing, but yes, he is still going to a lot of the games, so that you don't have that many. Uh, experienced guys on the team like we I think now in terms of playing god I'm struggling Kenny Hustle's a fourth year player I think uh, I'd only be like a see a second year it's this what I mean like Mike, Mike Muscala is obviously still part of the squad Darius Miller's still part of the squad he's done a few years but there's not that much key experience for him to learn off but no, I completely agree with what you were saying with Tio. See, I'm I'm gonna say it again. Alexei Pokashevsky. Did I tell you so, or did I tell you so? I mean, yeah, <laughs> I was making a assumption based off of like a month. I don't know. It's just it's it's funny to think about how long it probably takes people to adjust to professional basketball, especially if you're. 19 and you're from a different country and you're coming in and like I wasn't take I was just thinking about like pure basketball stuff and not thinking about all the other things that go into it in terms of him just getting adjusted and feeling comfortable he probably does feel more comfortable it looks like he does did you see that play last night where he like he took the ball up the court like I think it went uh I think it went coast to coast and he like crossed somebody over, dunked on somebody, and they called the charge. I was just like, I was like, this guy. The thing with poker as well, again, the perks of being on Twitter. Next year, when the likes of Cade Cunningham, uh, Jonathan Kaminga, even Mobley, poker's younger than them. Isn't that weird? That That's crazy. And Tia, So poker's the youngest guy in the league this year. Right. Tio, Tio, Tio Maladon's the sixth youngest player in the league this year. Hmm. So that just shows the amount of time that these guys have. The fact that the guys at the top who are coming into the league next year at that level are still going to be older than Tio and Poku. 
So next season, you could kind of count next year as like a rookie season for them. Mm. So that the one thing that I'm seeing from that point I just made is expectancy from the fans should not be as high as what maybe some rookies would be because they're so young and they got the time to develop. But no, Poku's been outstanding the past couple of weeks. He's really grown. We said on the pod when he went down to the G League, it was going to be the best thing for him since he's come back from the G League. He's been a completely different player. He's had that confidence. I think it's been a big bonus to him to have his buddy, uh, Moses Brown, around. It's always going to help. His three-point shooting is a lot more effective. He seems a lot more confident taking the shots and his decision-making in when to take the shots has also improved. He has that self-belief in him now that he knows he can take on a guy. Yeah. Uh, he's very... It's... This is no way me comparing him to the player I'm going to mention, but he reminds me of a very young Kevin Durant on offense. We've talked about this. Yeah. I know I've said it before, but the way... I, I said it too. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know. What are we supposed to compare him to? The way... He's seven feet and he can shoot it. And he's got handling skill. Like, he can handle the ball. Yeah. The way the way when he's literally just outside the arc where he could shoot a three or go past his guy, I feel sorry for people defending him even more so now. Not only because of the height, but give him a couple of years. I think he's going to be good enough where these defenders are going to be looking at him and going... Is he going to pull up for a free or is he going to go past me? Because either mm. way, I think he's going to be that good that he's going to be able to do both. Similar to how KD would do it. Or a, Paul, a, a younger Paul George used to be able to do that as well. I've, I've, I think it's really special with Poku. I, I really do. I said it on draft night. I know I say it every week. Messaging you, Poku's the guy I want. Yeah, it's, I can pull up my inbox. <laughs> There it says. I'd rather you didn't because we'll just see <laughs> like, lo- loads loads of messages from you to me. That, well, yeah, the last five <laughs> games, the 18 points per game, the five rebounds, two is for shooting 46% from three. Then he has a questionable outfit on it. That's okay. Um, yeah, he's just – I don't yeah, know how that- to judge – I don't know how to judge him. I feel like it's weird because, like, you – you expect him to kind of, it's like, okay, he's doing terrible. And then now he's like really exceeding expectations. Is there no middle of the road for Poku or like, are we going to see him have a little bit of a drop off when all these other guys get back? And I also think that that's why there's no hurry to, um, to bring any of these guys back from injury, injury uh, reports or whatever. I think that, this is the plan. It's been the plan all along to develop these guys. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I just want to say then she brought up the fashion sense of Poku. Whoever the person was that put Poku's face on the McLovin card from Superbad gets a massive pat on the back from me because it was just absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I don't know who don't know who it was. Don't know who the original was. I just remember seeing it and laughing. It was uh, absolutely brilliant. I gotta find that. But you know, the thunder wouldn't be the thunder without some outrageous fashion. 
Russ was famous for it. Shy brings the drip now. Baisley had that god awful like men's suit that he wore last year, where it's kind of like kind of like a crop top type thing. Oh yeah, but no. So mo- moving on, we'll talk. Actually, we'll we'll go on to Tom's take now. Obviously, it's a weekly segment that we do every week, where either myself or Brandon, on the odd chance, will give a take that we thought about. And we'll, we'll give it to the other person to see whether they agree or disagree with us. So my take this week is our roster is really not going to look much different next year in terms of age. I don't think in terms of when Horford is traded, we get anything valuable back in terms of veteran. Like we're not going to get a Chris Paul. We're not going to get a George Hill. We're not going to get an Al Horford. I can't imagine us getting someone who would be wanting to hang around. So that there's always that possibility that whatever big contract we take on, that person gets waived. Mm. I can't imagine we maybe get a young piece. It's not for sure, but it is possible. But I do see a lot of our guys that are out of contract this year or, get, or still have contracts for next year, hanging around for next year and staying and I still think it's going to be fun. I think Sam Presti is going to turn around and say, let's give these youngsters another year. And I think that's the right way to go. So my take is it's the right way to do it. Have another year similar to what it is with this youth, maybe without some veterans, maybe we can go into free agency and see if there's a veteran who would want to come in. But I'd quite like to just see these youngsters carry on next season Hmm. yeah it doesn't make sense to have any veterans on the team next year and i don't know why anybody would want to come play with us um given given kind of it's i mean now that everyone knows kind of what oklahoma city's doing in terms of trying to acquire picks and build for the future it'll be hard to sell a free agent vet on wanting to come play with the thunder and it doesn't really make sense. So I'm going to have to agree with you as much as I love to disagree with you. um, (laughs) I think that it only makes sense for the betterment of the future in terms of just developing all these players um, to keep it kind of the way it is, with the exception of like a couple draft picks. And so I'm trying to think of the guys that will have to, um, that will have to, like maybe like a maybe some of these new guys that we just signed, like a Robinson or a Jerome or a Horde, maybe they won't be around next year. Although I think Ty Jerome's going to be around for a while. Um, I just don't, I don't see the need. Like I don't really see the need for the vets either. I don't know what, what it would do. Um, to have that. I mean, we kind of, that's, I think the reason that's why we had Al Horford and, you know, Chris Paul and George Hill and all these other guys to kind of transition SGA and maybe even to some degree, Lou Dort to trying to show them what leadership looks like. Cause you see it now, those guys, those guys are constantly, um, you know, I never see them sitting down while they're supposed to be, you know, sidelined with foot injuries and other, you know, other stuff. But 
it's just I feel like if we compare Shea to last year, even Dort, they're more they're more comfortable with being the elder, the elders they on that the roles. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to agree with you. Yeah, uh, it's the way it's the way I see it. I think it would be a lot different in terms of opinions. Like I reckon some of the listeners might disagree with that because obviously it always helps have veterans around. Some viewers might not want a season like this season next year. It's always going to be different. So mo- moving on, a bit of news that caught me and you off guard, and I'd say a lot of the fan base as well, and that was Justin Jackson getting waived. Mm-hmm. Now. As far as I'm aware, obviously when he was waived, uh, there were rumours that playoff teams were interested. Hmm. And I'm pretty sure he only has till tomorrow to sign a deal. I'm pretty sure the deadline is tomorrow. I'd like to see him uh, be snapped up by a team because I do think he's shown his worth this year. He's had obviously a couple of bad years in Sacramento and Dallas. But no, I, I wish nothing but the best for him. But it came a bit off guard. I, I was a big fan of Justin Jackson and what he bought. We'll have that memory of those threes against the Bucks that won us the game, unexpectedly won us the game. But what did you think of Justin Jackson? Are you sad to see him go? Or obviously it's an expiring deal. Do you think it was the right move to bring in these two guys that we'll talk about next? I think it's, it, it's confusing because it cost the Thunder $5 million to, to waive him. Um, he fit really well, but at the same time, he didn't get consistent minutes and it was almost like he didn't have a spot in the rotation. I love the energy that he brought off the bench. I think I did a piece on the bench last week where I wrote about his ability to just kind of be an all around playmaker in terms of, he just really made the right plays. Like he wasn't really, he wasn't, um, trying to overextend himself like even Mikhail Luke looks like sometimes he tries to do too much I think Justin Jackson figured out what his role was and his shooting ability was incredible so and then there's another side of my brain that is saying like what if he was too good and they just don't want him because we're trying to lose but that's not I don't know no one's gonna ever say that but it makes you wonder uh he shot really well from three he we were loaded at the guard slash i mean we have a lot of guards and forwards um so i wonder if he just didn't really have a role it's similar it reminds me of the frank jackson deal too um those two guys kind of remind me a lot of each other for some reason not just because of their last names but uh they didn't it was almost like they didn't have a didn't have a spot on the team and maybe maybe somebody else really wants him maybe we'll see him with someone tomorrow uh, but yeah it cost that's a lot of money to pay someone to not play i'm sure that is the last thing on sam Presti's mind especially when we're still playing kyle singler i'm sure he's not bothered about paying justin jackson five mil for the rest of the year when we're still playing him for another two or three years i think that's criminal <laughs> i know literally but no best best of luck to justin jackson whatever he does uh was a Big fan of him of what he brought. I hope he carries on, has a good career now. So with Justin Jackson being waived, obviously we both thought that would mean Josh Hall would be uh, brought up from his two-way contract onto the main roster. That hasn't happened. Happened. We've kept him as a two-way. And then 
we brought in Justin Robinson and Jalen Horde. Uh, my memory is not good. I'm pretty sure Justin Robinson is the one from the OKC Blue and Jalen Horde is the one from Delaware, both from the G League. Uh, I might be wrong. I'm, I'm not going to guess which one's which on this one, but one of them's only a 10-day deal and the other one is a, t- a full two-way, so we'll get them for the rest of the season. Based on the two games that I've seen so far, they've both come in. They've both been really good. Uh, I've really liked Justin Robinson's shot. The way he shoots, he's a, a very good left-handed uh, shooter. He's, he's very confident in his shot as well, which is obviously good to see. And Jalen Hall, I really, really like the look of. Hmm. I I hope he's the two-way player out of the two, but I do like Justin Robinson as well. But Jalen Hall, he's got confidence. He attacks the paint. He's a really good watch. I'm really excited to watch more of him as we go on. I hope maybe there's a chance if the 10-day contract works out well, obviously then we have to either release him or bump up uh, Josh Hall or whoever the guy is on the two-way contract to a main contract and then he goes up to the two-way. If not, we bring someone else in, I'd imagine. But no, I've been really impressed with them. Uh, so I wanted to talk about something else that's been really impressing me throughout this season and that's Coach Dagnall. Mm-hmm. It's safe to say, I think Sam Presti's pulled a worldie out his ass with uh, Coach Dagnall, I couldn't have hoped for someone better. He's the ideal candidate as well. Obviously, came from the G League himself, so he's used to working with youngsters. I, I, I think he's brilliant with the youngsters as well. I can't, I don't know whether him talking Serbian to Poku last night was serious or not. Uh, I, was... I, I, saw, I saw it a few times on a few outlets on Twitter, and I'm like, I don't know whether they're being serious or not. But I, the fact that I saw it on a few made me think, hmm. Maybe he does know a bit of Serbian. He looked mad. It's the best way to be. And that's what I love about Dagnall. He's not only the fact that he looks like a teacher. like He really does. He looks like a PE teacher. I know. But he does not care if they're rookies or the franchise player in Shy or the veteran in Al Horford. I've seen him go in on all three over the course of this season. Which, fair play to him. For a first-year coach, it's refreshing to see as well. He's always been spot on with his coach's challenges. I'm still yet to see him actually lose one that I can remember off the top of my head. His rotations are really good. He has, you can, t- you can tell he has faith in his players. And I think that's down to him having a good communication with Sam Presti as well. I reckon that he could have had a lot of input in bringing in Justin Robinson and Jalen Horde. What 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 have you thought of Coach Mark this season? I think it's incredible how we were able to find these guys because I could have I, – I don't remember if I had um, predictions of who the coach would be, um, but I had not heard of anything about Mark Dagnall until – the day he got hired. Um, he, he seems like a very knowledgeable, like he's just, he has everything thought out. He's already, he's so good at kind of verbalizing the game, like the way he talks about basketball, the way he does interviews. Um, so when I hear that, that makes me think that he's able to translate that to players. 
um, in terms of telling them like what he needs from them. And I think he really believes in his game plan, which is we've heard it all year. It's pace and space, um, you know, and then getting kind of out in transition, but more so just having the ability to talk to these individuals like on a, like, especially what really stuck out to me was watching Poku and him interact last night. I was just kind of, I was, I had to sit there and like replay that a couple of times because I was just like, man, he is getting into him. Um, and Poku is just kind of sitting there like taking it. But in my head, I'm like, this is what, you know, he, he expects the best from everybody. And it doesn't matter that we're second to last in the West he's he's coaching like we're trying to win a championship this year um i have the most respect for him because at first i thought that he was just kind of going to be a a filler of a coach like a transition coach like maybe a guy that's here for a couple years until we find a real coach but um that doesn't seem like that's the case i think that dagnall will be probably like a probably one of the longest tenured coaches for the franchise just because He's starting out um, with all these other young guys that are starting out. It only makes sense to kind of grow that relationship. So I, I think he's great. I think he's super intelligent. I'm trying to think of another coach that kind of reminds me of him in terms of his intelligence because he just is super – I can tell he is a smart dude. He's just super smart. I, I completely agree with everything you just said there. Um, I do think he's going to be a very – He's going to be around for a while. He's obviously been in OKC for a lot of years now. Obviously, coached the Blue. His whole family is going to be here. He's got no reason to go elsewhere. The only way I can visually see him leaving is if we decided to part ways. Yeah. But that's only going to happen in minimum three years if we've got all the players we want and we're not performing well, which I don't see happening. But... As I said, I like his plays, I like his rotations, I like his knowledge. I like listening to him. I really enjoy listening to him when he does coach's corner or pre-game interviews, after the game interviews. I've, I think he speaks really well. I'm really excited to see how he develops, not only as a coach, but as a person as well. Mm-hmm. Particularly when, obviously, we have a 15, 16, 17 man roster at the minute. You'd say probably eight, nine of them already are part of the future. So he's going to have a lot of time with the same guys as well, which is really great to see. So credit to coach. Um, So before we preview the next week, I thought thought I'd have a bit of fun because not a lot's happened. It's been a bit of a down week in terms of performances, especially the Suns and the Trailblazers game. So there wasn't as much to talk about. Who loses by 48 points, Tom? 48 points. Oh, we're tanking. We'll be fine. (laughs) <laughs> so I've written down a couple of questions just that we can have a bit of a discussion about just some of our favourite things so who are your favourite three Thunder players this season oh wow Kenny Hustle um, Ty Jerome and I don't know I'm a big Isaiah Roby guy yeah, fair enough. Mine is Isaiah Roby. One of my guys, you know that. Tipped him at the start of the season. Poku, I've got to go with my guy Poku. He's obviously incredible. 
And obviously, you know who the third guy is going to be, Darius Baisley. Another guy that I love. I know, I know a lot of the Thunder fan base are starting to turn on him, and it's really grinding my gears. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to go on. I don't want to go on another rant about it. I tweeted about it. You don't it. have to. But do you think he's going to be around for another year? I don't. Yeah, I do. You do? Yeah. Okay. I think we'd be incredibly stupid to give up on him. His defense, his defense is already there. It's offense. He's twenty years old still. Okay. All right. We just talked about this. All right. He's yeah. young. He's young. <laughs> that 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 was definitely a Brandon. Uh, right. We'll just shut Tom up before he goes off on one again. <laughs> so then the next question was, who's your top three Thunder guys in the history of the franchise? Oh wow. Damn it. Just one your fa- just your favorites. Doesn't have to be the best. Well, I mean, this is very generic and people are going to be like, roll their eyes, but it's Harden, Westbrook, and Durant. Um, Look, I grew up, all I wanted as a kid was a basketball team in my city. I finally got one at the age of 18. I was graduating high school and like these dudes, like I was mesmerized. Showing your age a bit though. I'm very old. I was mesmerized <laughs> by the, like, I still have, I can go grab, I think I have a Fear the Beard. When Fear the Beard was a real thing and when James Harden was cool, I still have the shirt over here <laughs> in the in my drawer. Like, I was a big James Harden guy. Um, Kevin Durant, before he became Kevin Durant. It was almost like we got these guys before they really, like, turned into – when before the NBA kind of, I want to say, jaded them or turned like when it just things changed after they left. It was more so they felt, I felt more as if they were some humble guys when they were together. That's a nice way to put it. I'm trying to figure out the reason I'm stumbling over my words is because I don't want to come out and say that I just disagree with james harden and kevin durant as human beings um now but that doesn't mean that they weren't my favorite players and that i didn't love watching them play basketball and russell westbrook we don't even have to we don't have to like everyone i mean every thunder fan knows that he's just if he could come back that would just be so great but yeah those are my three and it's not even close i can't even really think of anybody else i'd put in there um steven abs would probably be kind of a consolation or that's a that's not a nice way to put it just more of a if i had to take one of those out steve-o would be that's completely completely fair enough as i say they're your favorites they don't necessarily have to be anyone else's they're yours and as we say they're yours for a reason because of how excited you were to get a team Mm -hmm. now for me my top three favorite guys obviously the very top is russ no one comes close to russ he's they say Nick Collison is obviously Mr. Thunder. Westbrook comes ex- incredibly close. He's obviously he's going to be in the rafters. I do think Kevin Durant should be in the rafters. He was with us for nine years after all. Yes, he might have gone out the wrong way, but he was still with us for nine years. MVP. He's scoring champion. He's He deserves it. Um, but yeah, I'll have, I'll have Ross at one. The passion. I'm a big sucker for people who play sport with passion. 
Mm. Anyone who knows me will say that, but obviously Russ is number one. I have Stephen Adams at number two. Again, I thought he was going to be the next Mr. Thunder after Westbrook went. Like We were all actually surprised that Adams got traded. We actually thought Adams would hang around during the rebuild. We had, we had the cap space. There was no reason to get rid of. But obviously, if that didn't happen, we wouldn't have got Kenny Hustle. But you just can't dislike him. He's a walking meme. He's he's just brilliant. Love steak. The relationship the relationship he had with Nick Collison was outstanding. Yeah. And and this just just love the guy. He's all around great guy. But it'd probably be apart from Westbrook. Obviously, I know this is my top two, but I'd love to meet Stephen Adams along with Westbrook. Just to, I'd love Westbrook's the type of guy I'd, I'd like. Fan like fanboy over, as mm-hmm. I'm sure most people would. But Stephen Adams would be the type of guy like I'd want to shake his hand and sit down and have a have a beer with him, have a steakhouse meal with him, yeah. and a beer. You know what I mean. And then number number three for me, I'll be intrigued to see if he makes anybody's top three. But my third is Serge Ibaka. Hmm. I'm I'm I love big. Uh, I was going to say I love big guys, and and that's not exactly the best thing to say. <laughs> I like basketball players who play at the four and five. <laughs> there you go. Is the better way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I like the big basketball players. I I like the way they play. I find it really enjoyable watching the big guys. Um, I was a big fan of Serge. He was obviously a monster on the defensive end. He did he get defensive player of the year? He did, didn't he? Mm. What am I making that up? I think I think he, I think he, he got, did. He got he got he? some he got something when he was with the Thunder. I can't remember. I I wasn't a fan back then. I, I didn't yeah. come in till I was like twenty sixteen. So my oh. history, I'm still learning every day. But on all the videos and stuff I've watched of him, I've watched many old retro games, especially over COVID, because I've had nothing better to do. Serge was just great. The passion he showed on a block, which he was he was a monster blocker. But yeah, Serge gets my third. I wish he hung, he hung around a bit longer than he did, but thinking about it, it was, uh, probably, it was probably the right time when he went. I think he didn't get defensive player of the year, but he he had the numbers. That's weird. Finished third behind LeBron and Mark Gasol. That was so a long was, time ago. So he was huh. robbed then. We'll leave that there. There you go. And then the last question before we go into the preview is what are, let's go top three again, your top three Thunder jerseys? Ooh, like like the addition, the jersey, like you're talking about, Just okay. Oh, I feel like I need to go to the closet and grab them. Um, so I'll, I'll go first if you want to have a quick think. Yeah. yeah you so, so no, no particular order. The <laughs> he's actually gone to the closet to have a look. <laughs> so, in no particular order, my three of my faves are the what year are we in now? Rene, God, my maths is gone. The the sky blue city edition. I can see that Brandon's actually bringing that one out. That's in my That's, top three. Yeah. 2018, I think it was 2018-19 season. Yeah, Sky, the Sky Blue City edition was a huge yeah. fan of that. 
uh, another one was the City Edition of last year. It was that black and yellow memorial one for last season. I was a big fan of that. I thought it looked really clean. And then my other one that's in my top three, I'm actually trying to find it, but I can't find it anywhere. And it actually seems to be one that a lot of Thunder fans hate. And that's the grey alternate one that we wore with the orange and blue stripe across the chest. Do you know which one I mean? It was grey? It was grey. Surely just saying grey gives it away. I'm pretty sure it's the only grey one we've had. Let's see here. I should be able to, because I remember jerseys. This dog is trying to get into my lap. Oh, uh, oh here we go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like that one. It, it, divi- it divides opinion on Twitter, I shall say. I was, I'm was i actually a big fan of that one. But go on, what's your three? So, yeah, the I'll never – this is the bet. Like, this has to be one yeah. of the I've great... got that. I've got that one in Westbrook. And I loved these, which I I, people can't see, but this would be the 2017 City Edition. Yeah. Statement, I'm, maybe? I think it's Statement. That I'm getting that exact jersey tomorrow. Really? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, and then, so this is another one that people will probably hate, but it is the... Um, 2012 2013 we had alternate uniform that had it looked real old school and it was navy blue and it had thunder down the side all right yeah uh, saying going that way going vertical yeah 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 i know which one you mean i love that i don't know why i liked the shorts a whole lot too i like that whole setup i had the durant one Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right i've got a couple of kd jerseys they're just really taped- easy to find when we had Oladipo come, I took uh, some duct tape after I ran over my – I took my car and ran that jersey over a couple times. But then I took duct tape and I put it on, I think, the three. And then I put some over the name and just wrote Oladipo and then just left the the tape on there and just kind of wore it as a – Did you say you ran over a jersey a couple of times? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang the Durant on. jersey? Hang on. My phone's just ringing. Hello, yeah, I'd like a therapist, please. Uh, <laughs> miss, yeah, miss, Mr. Brandondale. Yeah, he uh, he won't stay out me in boxes. He's obviously just wants to go back in his cage, and he runs over jerseys because that's a completely normal thing to do. <laughs> most people would just, most people would burn them or whatnot. But no, you know what? I'll stick them on a the road and run them over. <laughs> like I hate this man. <laughs> No, so to quickly sum up, we'll have a quick review of the next week. You'll be happy to know that last week we actually drew. Last week, obviously, you weren't with us. Uh, I asked for your prediction before the pod. You went one and three. I looked at the fixtures, um, and I I just couldn't see a zero and four or a two and two. So I just had to go with you on one and three. We both lost, and none of us got a point, so I'm still four three up. Looking ahead for the next week, we have the Cavs at home, the Sixers at home, the Jazz away, the Warriors at home. Where are you going this week? Uh, God, we're going to definitely, like, if we win tonight, it'll be by a mistake. So I'm going 0-4. We're going to keep losing. We've lost four in a row. We're going to lose four more. Bring on the tank. I want draft picks. Keep losing. Let's Brandon, go. Brandon has spoken. 
I think it's a bit boring going the same as you. I, I do think it's going to be zero and four, just to put it out there. But just to be different, I will go one and three. Yes, I'm going to win it. <laughs> just to be different. Okay. But no, that's all for this week. Brandon, as always, thank you for joining me. It's great to have you back. Please stay out my DMs this week. Yes, sir. Hopefully. Any promises. <laughs> so so that, that's a no. <laughs> no. Thank you for joining me, Brandon. I'll, I'm sure I'll see you again next week for yes, the sir. for my birthday edition podcast. Special special one. You can <laughs> run all your birthday uh, ideas by me, and then I'll figure out if they're doable for Tom, and then I'll send them to the UK somehow for anybody that's listening that needs to send Tom a present. Yeah. I will be monitoring all that. Just so you know, my size my size is a medium. He wears a medium. He loves all OKC Thunder jerseys and hats. Just anything Thunder will do me. Doesn't have to be jerseys. Doesn't have to be hats. I'll I'll, I'll take a nice, uh, you know, like one thousand pound autographed picture of Westbrook or jersey. You know, that I can hang up. I'll take anything like that. That'll be fine. Just put a GoFundMe out there or something. You know. But no. We'll wrap it up there. Thank you as always, Brandon. I will see you next week. And as always, thunder up. Thunder up.